podcasting from Dallas, Texas. I am Shireen, and this is the Yumlish Podcast. Yumlish is working to empower you to take charge of your health through diet and exercise and reduce the risk of chronic conditions like type 2 diabetes and heart disease. We hope to share a unique perspective and a culturally relevant approach to managing these chronic conditions with you each week. In today's episode, we welcome back Sue Ellen Anderson Haynes to our podcast. September is PCOS Awareness Month, and we will be talking to Sue Ellen about some of the health problems associated with PCOS, how to manage it better, and what signs and symptoms to look for so that you can talk to your healthcare provider about PCOS. Sue Ellen is a registered dietitian of over 14 years and a certified diabetes care and education specialist. She is the founder and CEO of 360 Girls and Women, a holistic wellness company for girls and women, and the co-founder of Cultured at IamCultured.com, a digital healthcare app that connects registered dietitians to clients based on cultural alignment. Welcome, Sue Ellen. Thank you for having me today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I think my first question should not be about your background, but it should be, how are you managing doing so many things? <laughs> oh, well, it's just taking it step by step, day by day. Um, but I've worked in the field for a little over 14 years, as you mentioned, and I spent a lot of my time with a variety of clients, but more specifically girls and women. Um, and my patients come to me seeking all types of concerns, anywhere from period pain uh, to pain in their joints. Um, in addition, I see a lot of girls and women with hormonal imbalances, such as those with fibroids, PCOS, chronic illnesses, such as um, gestational diabetes, type 2 diabetes, hypertension, and so on. So that is where I spend the majority of my work, and my background just came from just experiencing and learning in different fields as I transitioned from different types of healthcare. I was into nursing, then I transitioned to nutrition. So I have a wealth of information and um, I want to give back and just help these, these women and these girls. So that's my background in a nutshell. Lovely. And for our conversation here today, we're largely looking at talking about PCOS. Um, as we know, September is PCOS Awareness Month. So in particular, we're looking to understand um, a little bit more about PCOS. So according to the CDC, PCOS affects nearly 5 million women in the United States alone. It's a huge problem. Some of the health problems that can develop are diabetes. It's related to heart disease, sleep apnea, stroke. Goodness. One, why doesn't PCOS get enough attention? Um, and how are all of these sort of chronic diseases related? This is a great question about the PCOS and its prevalence. This PCOS is a common hormonal disorder, and it affects not only the reproductive system, but the entire body. But how do we put this 5 million people into perspective? This would be like filling the largest NFL stadium at full expanded capacity 50 times. And as we know, PCOS has many underlying concerns, which of today we'll discuss more so insulin resistance. Thank you for sharing that. And so help us understand how these different disease states are, are related to Ellen. Like why... Um, 
why are they related? Why is PCOS related to something like diabetes or heart disease? Like what, what I guess connects it? Right. So PCOS, the majority of PCOS is driven by insulin resistance and insulin resistance. In order to talk a little bit about insulin resistance, we want to know what insulin is. So insulin is a hormone that helps us reduce our blood sugar. So basically, for example, when you eat a meal, let's say a sandwich, right? The body converts the carbohydrates to sugar or glucose and insulin moves, um, moves the sugar from our bloodstream into our cells, like our brain cells, our hearts, our red blood cells, and it fuels our body and provides energy. So women with insulin resistance often have sugar cravings, brain fog, fatigue, weight management issues. And this ties into the type 2 diabetes issue and it ties into the heart disease. So if you are constantly fatigued, you won't be able to exercise much and your weight typically maybe, you know, at a higher level for, for some women with PCOS. And if you're having brain fog, this is related to the blood sugar staying in the bloodstream your cells are not getting that energy that it needs. And so you're constantly hungry, you're constantly eating, you're tired. And so your entire metabolism is being affected by PCOS. It's not just a reproductive issue, issue it's a metabolic issue. And that's where the type two diabetes and the heart disease plays in, in, in the role. Now, although it is not clear why women get PCOS, there are treatments available to ease the pain. Can you talk about some of those treatments? Right. So in terms of, you know, treatment is concerned as a registered dietitian, I'm going to focus a little bit more on the diet part of it. I don't really um, recommend medications and things of that. So there are probably some horrible remedies we could talk about later, but there's some risk factors for PCOS, which are, you know, type one, type two gestational. And in terms of uh, getting these medications we have to look at the entire person because this person can come from a state of pcos and type one and they may be on a, a specific medication that you can't give one to the other so speaking with their healthcare provider is really important it's a team approach but getting back to the nutrition piece of things because i am a holistic women's health registered dietitian my approach is a little different so i use nutrition as the foundation in my programs to address reproductive illnesses and chronic diseases and I use integrative or functional means. So basically what this means is a lot of, a lot of patients don't come to me to get on medication, of course, because I don't prescribe it. They usually come to me because they're trying to get off some of the medication or actually being off birth control medication, because there could be also PCOS induced birth from the birth control. And so a lot of women sometimes try to transition off of this. And when they come to me, my approach is a little different. Um, I look at the entire person, of course, and I do a 360 evaluation, which includes looking at what they eat, how they eat, what they drink, how they move. I address all types of holistic elements, including you know their hygiene products, menstrual products, what they use, their beauty product, what they clean their homes with, because as we know, endocrine disruptors can, research shows they can interrupt our hormones. And so I do a really, I flush out the entire uh, you know wellness 
system to kind of see what is going on in their home, what's going on in their diet. And that is the approach that I use in terms of nutrition and lifestyle. I don't, I don't use medications. Um, in terms of herbal remedies, there are some different teas that I recommend my clients to take. Um, and sometimes supplementations, a lot of times they may be deficient in specific specific nutrients. B6 is a really important nutrient. When we think about PCOS and metabolism, fertility, women with PCOS have a higher risk of infertility due to um, the menstruation part of it, which we'll talk a little bit later about. But these are my main approaches when I tackle um, the PCOS issues with my clients. Understood. And a lot of the women out there aren't even aware that they have PCOS. PCOS. Um, and elevated insulin levels could exacerbate uh, androgen, which is a male hormone found in about 60 to 80% of girls and women. Um, can you talk a little bit about the relationship of that male hormone on PCOS and what that means? Yeah, so, you know, as a healthcare provider, it's a major concern to me because, like you said, many women don't know the symptoms of PCOS which may lead them to have lack of concern until major issues occur in the body. For example, not know the definition enough to identify if they're having regular periods can be a reason why some women don't go to the doctor until further complications arise. So PCOS can start anywhere from your first menstrual period and can develop later in life. Um, women may have different symptoms, but um, the two diagnoses have to be the two diagnoses has to be made or has to be present in order for the person to be diagnosed with PCOS. So again, many women don't know what irregular periods are. So let's get into that a little bit. Irregular periods mean could mean that your periods are longer than a typical period, which could be anywhere from three to seven days, right? So it's longer than the time frame. And having less periods, for example, um, more periods. Um, uh, you're without periods for three months, or you may have fewer periods in a year that is also considered irregular. And again, this will interfere with getting pregnant or your fertility. And also there could be periods that occur more than 35 days apart. And this again will affect your fertility. Now you ask the questions about the, you know, the androgens, right? So what exactly are androgens? They are either a group of uh, male, a group of, excuse me, uh, uh, sex hormones. And in males, if you have too little of this hormone, you'll have low sex drive and you can have breast development. This, this is in males. While in females, it's mainly to things like acne, facial hair, male pattern baldness and things of that sort. So it could be very um, stressful and you know, traumatic for women, you know, with PCOS. And the other diagnosis, so those are the two diagnoses. The third one is um, polycystic um, ovaries, right? So polycystic ovaries basically means that your ovaries are larger than normal. And, and around the edge of those ovaries, there are like many follicles of immature eggs. And so if a woman has two out of these three, um, diagnosis, three, uh, excuse me, two out of three of these things, the diagnosis must be made for PCOS. So it's really important that women pay attention to these three items and try to figure out if there are changes going on in their body. And to, if they are noticing some of these changes, they must right away um, get in contact with their healthcare provider, you know, book an appointment and get the help that they need. 
a registered dietitian is a team member, a women's health registered dietitian is a team member that can help with managing symptoms of PCOS, um, specifically, especially those who um, identify with the insulin resistant part, which is like we said, about 70% of women with PCOS have this insulin resistant part. So a lot of it can be managed with nutrition and lifestyle along with other, um, whether it's medications or the things that the provider decides to do. Um, and some providers actually do, they follow a holistic path, more naturopathic, and some provide medication. So whichever the, the patient decides to follow, I think is the best way to go, um, as long as we give them that choice and the choices available for them to make. So I believe I answered your question. <laughs> And so what are what are the, the symptoms that one should look for? Because it is so underdiagnosed, um, what are the types of things, especially the, um, the our listeners here need to look for symptoms? What should they consider to say, okay, if I have these symptoms, I need to go talk to my doctor? Right. So to kind of review, if, you have, if you're having irregular periods, your periods are you're shorter or longer than usual, as we mentioned earlier, if you're having these, you know, male pattern baldness, if you're having facial, a lot of facial hair, and it's just very unusual, acne, and it's not going away, and it just keeps coming up, and the, you know, it's bothersome to you, um, that's definitely a reason to, to seek out help. And some women in during the menstrual cycle, they may have pain, irregular periods sometimes may come with pain, some may not have pain, but uh, those are the three symptoms you wanna definitely look out for. Another symptom, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, is if you're getting very tired, you're very tired, very sluggish, you're craving sugar, that is a sign that your insulin levels are, are not working, your insulin is not working the way that it should. And so your when you eat your food, foods that have carbohydrates, instead of insulin working well, right, and it takes the sugar that your food has digested, that digested takes it from your bloodstream to your cells. It's now being stuck in the bloodstream and your cells are not getting enough. So you're continuing to get, you know, cravings of sugar, hungry, um, and, you know, lethargic, very tired, because that means your cells aren't getting enough of that energy, the glucose or the carbs. So that is another sign. Those feelings are definitely, you know, they are in a broad category because a lot of people feel sluggish because they're not sleeping. <laughs> and a lot of people feel hungry because they're not eating proper meals. So you definitely have to pay attention to all the other symptoms. Like I said, the, the keeping track of their menstrual cycle. There's a lot of apps out there that can track your cycle. You can make notes on how your, how your flow is, you know, when you last the time and the length of your cycles. So this is very important for women out there to be aware of their bodies and to keep track of it. And so I would say those are the basis of the symptoms that you should look out for. And so as you learn about these things, um, a patient comes to you, tells you, yep, diagnosed with PCOS now. How do you as a dietitian work with somebody who has PCOS, especially when it comes to nutrition and the types of foods that they can and can't eat? Right. Um, that is a great question because, you know, we have to keep in, in mind cultural um preferences that we, we always want to keep that in the back of our mind when we provide nutrition recommendations and and going back to you know pcos because it is a risk factor for type 2 diabetes um pre-diabetes gestational diabetes that the, the community the minority communities are at risk for diabetes um our um recommendations as i mentioned must be culturally appropriate so getting into those recommendations in terms of diet research shows that the majority 
of foods you should be eating to help to help manage PCOS and oftentimes put it in kind of in remission is majority plant-based foods, a plant-based eating pattern. So what does that mean? You need some protein, you need some healthy fats, carbohydrates, you know, where the majority of those carbohydrates are low glycemic. This is what's showing promising results. So the old school of thought was that, you know, making protein the star of your protein, oh, sorry, protein the star of your meal um, was the old school of thought. However, too much protein can cause uh, weight gain due to excess calories, but it also may affect the way insulin works if we're eating too much protein, especially if there's already insulin resistance occurring in the background. So now the new school of thought is that you need to add more fiber to manage PCOS a little, a little bit more um to look to improve the way we manage pcos so fiber is found in you know low calorie foods low calorie foods vegetables very low calorie fruits whole grains low low calorie highly nutritious foods these are the star players which helps to reduce the spikes in blood sugars specifically when they're paired with nutrients like fats and protein at a meal so so for example, including cultural foods, right, that are low glycemic could be like a yam, uh, you know, these are yellow yams and or green bananas. Um, um, these are ethnic foods that are actually low in, in glycemic index, and they're very important to incorporate into someone's um, eating pattern if they eat these foods. But we also want to allow for some foods that are somewhat moderate to high glycemic. And I want to back up a little bit and explain what glycemic glycemic means. So basically it means how quickly your blood sugar rises after eating a particular carbohydrate food. So uh, white bread has a higher glycemic index than you would say brown, you know, whole grain rice or brown rice. Um, but this doesn't mean that we must take out foods that they enjoy in their culture, um, such as white rice or corn, which are kind of moderately to high glycemic. What we can do is pair up these higher glycemic foods with foods that they enjoy, like maybe beans or you know avocados, fats, and proteins, and making sure that 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 surge in blood sugar is is a, is not too high. It's in appropriate levels, and so we we would want testing of blood sugars and things of that sort when we are matching up these foods to make sure it is producing um you know good response to what we're doing um, many of my clients also they like to eat fruits um and i like to eat fruits myself like mangoes pineapples and some of these foods are considered again higher glycemic meaning that they raise blood sugar very quickly and so instead of taking them out we want to tell you know i usually educate uh, and you know counsel my my clients and say let's try to minimize them a little bit um, and let's pair them up with other uh, nutrient uh other foods that, that may be higher in fats or uh, a little bit higher in um just balance a little bit more protein to make sure that we don't get that surge in blood sugar, but also managing calories. That's the trick, right? So that's what a that's why the work of a registered dietitian is so important because we have to be managing the different nutrients in foods and the way they react in the body, and then also making sure that we're 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 adding pleasure to you know the client's meal. We want to make sure they're enjoying their food and their cultural foods at the same time. So this is these are some of the strategies that I would recommend, and these are some of the things that I've uh, I've used and that have worked well. And so with that, if you had to design a plate for somebody using some of these foods, let's say this person is of um, Hispanic origin, we're, we're based out of Texas, so I'm going to default to that. But if someone is of Hispanic origin, let's say they love eating Mexican cuisine, you mentioned avocado just a little bit ago. 
what what kind of foods, how would you design that plate again? Just focus on PCOS, focus on those, you know, low glycemic foods, those fiber-rich, like all those nutrient-dense foods. What? How would you design that that plate, for instance? Great. So regardless of culture, but I'm going to get to that example for a specific uh, Mexican individual, but regardless of culture, you want to make sure, you know, your plate is balanced with veggies, protein, carbs, and fat. So if we, if I was talking with a client um, from Mexican descent, I would say, you know, uh, Typical meal, depending on where you're from in Mexico, maybe beans. Typically, they eat beans and avocados. Um, maybe they may like to eat um, tacos. Um, and so, if we're eating corn tacos, um, we may we may um, which are a little maybe a little bit on the moderate to higher glycemic index. We could pair them up with beans. Add beans in the tacos. Um, we could also add avocados with that. Lots of veggies. So cute. So um, cucumbers or whether they're tomatoes or whether it's that slaw the cabbage slaw um or whether it's a salad on the side or what another protein that they may enjoy if they want to add additional protein but again we don't want to make the protein the star of the plate we want to make it higher in in fiber and so those beans you're going to really bulk up on the beans and bulk up on those veggies and uh, you know sprinkle a little bit of avocado there whether you're making a haystack or whether you're having two taco shells so on that plate you'll have the the tacos those are the carbohydrates you have the beans the protein and the carbs you have the avocado which is a fat you also could have some you know tomato salsa there on the side and then you'll have like some some lettuce a lot of lettuce tomatoes there to either add with the tacos or to eat additionally on the side of the plate so that is a balanced meal and, and because i am a plant-based dietitian I, I default mainly just to you know beans lentils and, and peas but if you uh, enjoy fish you could have fish tacos or whatever other tacos you may enjoy but i would say keep your protein sizes to the size of a deck of cards you don't want to overdo protein again research is showing that you know with additional protein there's additional fat that comes with it and higher calories you want to really bulk up on the fiber that is what's really helping to lower uh, insulin resistance or basically to make your insulin more sensitive so that it can lower blood sugar move the sugar from the bloodstream into the cell so you don't feel lethargic you don't feel like you're craving sugar you don't feel tired all the time and then your blood sugars won't spike after you eat a meal does this also help with a lot of like the cramping and the pain and all of that so maintaining a diet does it have an impact on just pcos in general right so if you're if you're um eating these balanced meals as well it also will help you in the reproductive area because multiple um having polycystic ovarian uh, syndrome or pcos carries with the the fact that you know your body's not able to have a good blood flow and to have good um um, response to stress and response to inflammation and so while you're eating these foods and higher fiber rich foods your body's able to digest it more more efficiently but you're able to have with good digestion you're able to have better blood flow in your body and which is which is helping with your heart right helping to pop the muscles with your heart um, you're helping you to give you energy so that you may exercise. And as far as cramping is concerned and all those things, we know that um, deficiency in magnesium and potassium and things of that sort can induce more cramping. And so if your diet is rich with, you know, whole grains, which have a lot of um, magnesium and fruits and vegetables would have a lot of pot uh, potassium, your menstrual cramps will be less. 
And since we're on that topic of menstrual cramps, uh, women should not you should not be having significant amount of cramping. Um, cramping to the point where you're a little uneasy, that's okay, but menstrual cramps where you're on the floor crying or you can't move in your bed, that is a major concern. Um, so you definitely wanna follow up with your you know, provider if you're having those types of cramps. Um, you definitely could be um, other things going on besides PCOS. Um, and definitely there could be nutrition nutrient deficiency you may be dehydrated when you're when you're more dehydrated or you don't have enough fluids especially water your body tends to have more more cramping sensation um so you know menstrual the menstrual cycle is such a difficult um conversation to have there's so many different components going on um with having your your period each month but definitely having a balanced meal can help to lessen these symptoms or lessen these PCS, PMS symptoms, and also to lessen symptoms of PCOS. And, you know, there are other foods to balance hormone levels, which we can, I will talk about either here or next episode, but there are foods that to help balance your sex um, hormones. And so in addition to PCOS, um, you know, there may be other things going on that the individual individual may need to do more testing on the hormone testing to make sure you know is it your thyroid or other things that are going on with their um their body that's causing them to have other symptoms right because i mentioned that these symptoms that are that are occurring it could it could be for other diseases as well other issues being tired lethargic having irregular periods as well could be other types of disorders that are not just pcos so um I don't know if we want to talk more about menstrual cycles, but <laughs> we'll we'll maybe link up an article in the show notes, um, yeah. and then if you if you have some resources that you can share, absolutely we can we can link that up. But yeah. unfortunately, with that, we we are a little short on time. Okay. But real quick for you, Sue Ellen, um, tell us how people can connect with you and just learn more about your work. Right. So you could connect with me on Instagram at three sixty girls and women dot com and. Uh, well, through, at 360 Girls and Women, Instagram and Facebook. And the website is 360girlsandwomen.com. Um, or if you want to learn out more, learn about more about what I'm doing with uh, Cultured, you could find me at iamcultured.com. And thank you so much for having me on your show today. I hope I was able to answer all your questions. Absolutely. It was such a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much, Sue Ellen, for your time. And to our listeners listening out there, if you like this episode, go to our Facebook, go to our Instagram. Let's start a conversation there and tell us, have you ever been checked for PCOS? What does what does it look like for you? And if you have, tell us about your journey. Tell us your story. Again, head over to Facebook at Instagram um, at Yemlish and then go over there and then tell us briefly if you have ever been checked for PCOS, what that journey has been like for you, share your story with us. Um, again, we will see you after this episode. So Ellen, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Yemlish podcast. Make sure to follow us on social media at Yemlish underscore on Instagram and Twitter and at Yemlish on Facebook and LinkedIn for tips about managing your diabetes and other chronic conditions and to chat and connect with us about your journey and perspective. You can also visit our website, yemlish.com, for more recipes, advice, and to get involved with all of the exciting opportunities Yemlish has to offer. If you like this week's show, make sure to subscribe so you can hear more from us every time we post. 
Thank you again, and we'll see you next time. Remember, your health always comes first. Stay well.